What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. This is Julie Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. For all the successful single ladies wondering why their money, their jobs, ambition, and drive hasn't landed them a man yet, I guess says it's not him. It's you. We're going to have some fun with the author of Dear Alpha Female. What's up, Lonnie? Oh, my goodness. Ladies, it's a lot happening. It's award season, Mm -hmm. as you know. And um, there were uh, a a couple of snubs that really Mm. were for the Academy Awards. Uh, Viola Davis totally got snubbed, not only for her acting, but for her total movie, Woman King. Also, the girl that played in Teal, she didn't get an Oscar nomination. The reason why this is so interesting is because the Oscars have a group and you have so many votes and you have so many number one votes. So the week of Oscar voting, Frances Fisher, who is an actor, sent out a public email and basically said, hey, you guys, we want to give your number one votes to, it's a British actress. And, you know, Viola is locked in, Michelle Yeoh is locked in, and Kate Blanchett is already locked in. And that is a total violation of Academy oh. rules. So You're what happens is- to campaign like that. Not openly like that. And, but the mm-hmm. thing is, is that because she mentioned those three women, who really, you know, Michelle O eventually got her her yeah. Oscar nomination. You swayed the votes. So there was yeah. an, an investigation done by the Academy and the Academy came back and they were basically like, well, you know, um, there were some issues, but we're not going to rescind the nomination for the British actress. But for Viola to not get not? any type of well, they didn't have to rescind it. What they could have done was possibly, because I'm pretty sure Viola was the sixth vote. They yeah, should have said, you know, she we'll, was. Right. They should have said, we'll let the sixth vote be a nomination as well, since out things of fairness. were out of fairness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, reportedly, Viola, I, I'm sure, is, is devastated. She is nominated. Um, for the woman king and acting in in the SAG categories and um the SAG ain't a daggone Oscar. I, I no know, offense. I um, know, but this is you know this industry <laughs> is so tough and it's interesting and people do certain things and so but, it was really devastating for her. I believe they have to, especially with social media, they are going to have to set down real rules for what you can and can't do uh-huh. because this Frisher lady wasn't the only one campaigning. There were people, you know, well-known actresses semi-campaigning on social media saying, oh, you got to check her out. Oh, you know, they were putting in money to host, which, I mean, I guess if you want to put your financial resources behind somebody to make sure they get the love that they deserve. Is that legal? They do that, but it was publicly naming, oh, this person has a lot. This person has a lot. So don't worry about it. That's the part. That was the actual violation because then you took votes from Viola. You took votes. So, in, so that's one issue that's happening. 
in Hollywood. The next thing is that Idris Elba, I guess, was doing an interview and he basically said that he no longer wants to be described as a Black actor. Hmm. He just wants to be an actor. Okay. okay. Was the response from Black people, how dare you? Or do we get it? Well, some people get it and some people don't. First of mm-hmm. all, they feel like, why did he make this announcement during Black History Month? <laughs> then <laughs> he ain't from here, shoot. It, Black History Month is October in the UK. <laughs> and then some people feel like, well, you made a lot of money off of the Tyler Perry movies, which were no, um, the foundation. Didn't. He was in uh, Daddy's Little Girl. He, he was didn't make a whole movies. lot of money. <laughs> ooh, Wasn't ooh. a whole lot of money to be made. You know what? Stop what? it. I'm you know. Sorry. You, you, you know what I wanted to ask you, Lonnie? You, I know it's a little ways back, but the, the host. <laughs> I wanted to get your input on the host. He had a lot of controversy. About You're what, talking about the one with, um, dang, what's his name? The guy who had the Netflix special, right? Uh, yes. Oh, oh, you're talking about the Golden Globe Awards. Go- okay, Gerard Carmichael. Gerard yes. Carmichael. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know what? I felt so bad for him. So I wanted to ask Lottie bad. so bad. I, you know, <laughs> I felt what, bad for him. How did you it, feel about that? First of all, Gerard Carmichael was the host of the Golden Globes. And in it, he did this initial monologue where he tore into the Golden Globe committee. And reportedly, the president was in shambles. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> of course, that was reportedly, they, they tried to deny it, but he basically went in on the president. He said he got a half a million dollars to do this. He said that they only did it. They only made him the host because he was black. I'm pretty sure if you go on YouTube, you can find his uh, monologue because it, it <laughs> was it was basically scathing the uh, membership. And, you know, look, when you hire a comic and they're of a certain caliber, you know what you're going to get. For the Golden Globes, they used to have Ricky Gervais, and Ricky Gervais would light into everybody. Obnoxious Um, as hell. That's what it is. And Gerard Carmichael basically is, you know, this comedian that he's going to go in, and he didn't care. I mean, he really didn't care. But here's the thing, though, and I know I'm wrong for saying this. Ricky Gervais is white and everybody knows he's an ass. You know, the people in the audience know that for a lot of people, this is other than his special. This is their first introduction really to Gerard and he wasn't really funny and he was kind of mean and kind of lost control of the audience. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, at one point was like, well, let's see what interesting outfit he's going to come out in because that's about the only thing going on here. I hate to see that because he is black and this is his opportunity. Gerard has been an NBC darling for a while. He had the Gerard Carmichael show. He's doing Netflix specials. I'm not saying that he did happen. Okay. No, I'm just saying as far as like for somebody to get a half a million dollars, mm-hmm. he's doing good. That's a quota. You think she ain't gonna again? answer. That's the good follow up, <laughs> yo yo. Since she ain't gonna answer, she ain't, since she ain't gonna say nothing bad about fellow. Will comedians. they have him again? <laughs> no, they probably won't. Reportedly, they said that the the president was out at the bar just boohooing. That's reportedly. <laughs> <laughs> like for so, good I mean, reason. I, 
You watch Iyana fix my life, then you know Crystal Jordan. She was getting her life fixed. And now she has a new book called I Don't Like This Title, Crystal. Dear Alpha Female, it's not him, it's you. <laughs> Welcome to the show, former reformed Thank alpha you. female. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know what? I'm not I'm not reformed. And I think okay. the first thing, the title, the title definitely throws some women off. But there's nothing negative about being a strong, assertive, you know, woman at all. I think that what I've learned is that we have to take those strong qualities and also understand that they may not work the same in every situation. But I definitely want to make sure we start this off. By you know clearing up, this is not saying that being a strong woman, being a, you know a leader as a female is anything bad. There's nothing negative about it. It's just the way that we often approach dating and relationships that makes things you know not necessarily go in our favor. But there's nothing wrong with the characteristics. I mean, we can't help being what we are. I mean, black women are leaders. We take care of stuff. That's our job. You know, whether it was, you know, a hundred years ago, taking care of other people's stuff or whether it's now <laughs> taking care of our stuff, we're going to take care of stuff, whether the men show up or not. So what do you mean? It's not him. It's us. <laughs> I know. What well, you mean, okay. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what apparently is wrong. Let, with don't me. explain it, Crystal, to her real quick. Well, first of all, my I, I asked women in this book, like, what created your alpha? Like you just uh, referenced, we 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 are this way because of situations and circumstances. So for me, I grew up in a single parent family. My mother, you know, like many mothers, said to me, "You got to make sure that you're okay. Don't ever rely on anybody else." And I saw her struggle with myself and my little brother. So automatically, I felt very untrusting of other people, especially men, because I'd never seen a man stand up and actually, you know, provide. My grandmother was the same way. She was like, men are an option. (laughs) They're not a necessity. And there's nothing, that's not a negative thing. But what happened is it created a fear of being taken advantage of. And when a lot of us get afraid, we decide to change our lives so that we're able to control them. And what we can control is work. What we can control is, is what we have the ability to, to, to input. And with relationships, it's not like that. So when you're working and you're applying what you've learned, you're, you're driven by fear often to not be like what you've been told is bad. Don't, don't let a man take advantage of you. Don't let someone, you know, get you off your game. And so we're operating like that, but that in turn is building walls and it's building walls and it often keeps, it does keep us sometimes from getting taken advantage of, of but it also keeps us from being able to receive love as well. Yeah. Been there, now, done that. You say, okay, in your book, you say that being a successful woman doesn't make you a good catch. That's right. Right. But how being successful makes a guy a good catch, but not a good woman? Is it just psychology of our society? I think so. And I think, you know, I think women and men just naturally have different needs. You know, I think that you can take a woman that is, you know, that works um, at Walmart and is a cashier and a, a man will be able to see beauty in her, will be able to see, you know, potential. Women aren't always necessarily like that. 
So I think when a woman shows up, specifically when a woman shows up and she's listing all her accomplishments, all her degrees, how much money she makes, how much, you know, how much property she has, that's not necessarily an attractive thing to men. And I hear a lot of women, especially now, talking about, oh, you know, I have this, this. I saw a woman posted on Instagram a few days ago. I make millions of dollars a year. It's amazing how I still got divorced. And it's like that doesn't wow. necessarily make you a good partner. It just it makes you successful. Yeah. And that we definitely have to celebrate that. But that doesn't often, you know, relay over into relationships. And so I think we just have to be aware of that. This Cafe Mocha talking to Crystal Jordan, author. Her new book is called Dear Alpha Female. It's not him. It's you. So this is my question, because I love this kind of stuff. Do you think, Crystal, that a woman who makes a lot of money can get with a guy that doesn't? I think that she can, but I think that it has to be a woman that does not lead and does not feel like her value is connected to her money. When you show up and you're leading with your money and accomplishments, it's definitely going to make a man feel Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But if you are successful and you understand that value has more to do with just money, you know, and, and workplace accomplishments, and you're really a more balanced woman, then I think you can be with anyone that you fall in love with. Okay, so I'm going to say this. Any level-headed woman, hopefully not going to be walking in talking about how much money she's making. That's unattractive in anybody. They do it. But that's so nasty. That's so nasty. That's nasty. That's not, I mean, what, I don't know. I would be very turned off by a guy who did that. That's because you ain't got no money like that, Angelique. (laughs) (laughs) I got other things, okay? (laughs) She looked good and she cooked good. (laughs) But but here's a a thing that I really want to find out because men are the ones in my mind who are really insecure about the money thing. You could not bring up money at all. And they still just be intimidated by your level of success, even if you don't say how much you make. And I know that for a fact. So that's true. But I also think those are just that's just the wrong man. Right. That's just the wrong man. What is a whole bunch of them? I mean, men (laughs) men are valued by how much stuff they have, by how much money they have. Wait, wait, we have she just told this man. Angelique's going to be single. (laughs) I got five. He like, woo, that's too much for me. (laughs) She is hot. Lonnie, stop playing. Lonnie, stop playing. Because I remember back in the day when you would go through it with these dudes who (laughs) you licking their chops, thinking you funny, they getting all insecure because they think funny and they don't. But that's why Crystal has her book. Okay. okay, dear alpha female, it's not him, it's you. That's why we listen to her. We like, please let her speak before right. you over here in your feelings. About two no feelings. We're trying to get you a man. Okay, Angela. listen, it's trying. me. I know it's me. Shoot. <laughs> but that, 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 okay. that is key. But that is key. But a lot of times I think we focus on, there's, there's also a part in the book where I talk about women, when we, we put up too many, we, we have this wall and we have all these characteristics of men that we want. And where you ever met a woman that has all this long, this long, long list and she won't be with someone that doesn't have this, 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 or this. Mm-hmm. And then you actually see what's happening in her life. And she's dealing with somebody that has very little or any of that, you know, she's dealing with somebody that's totally trifling because 
there's an idea that if we put up, if we make people jump over, nobody wants to jump over high walls beside the dog. So a lot of times women that do have standard, and there's nothing wrong with having high standards, but standards that are unrealistic are only going to keep good men out and attract men that want to use us. And so the book basically is telling us that we need to be, first of all, speak positivity. The way you look at your job and the way we look at our career, most of us, if, we, if we're turned down for a promotion, if we're turned down for an opportunity, we don't take that personal. We don't go talking about how the industry is horrible and I'm not going to, I'm going to give up. But when it comes to dating, we have, we let our mouths speak all this negativity when it comes to men. And that is only going to attract the wrong man. So we have to start by speaking positive, acknowledging that we do want love and that we do deserve love. And then if someone shows up that is not, you know, what we have, what we understand that we deserve, then we don't entertain that. And you keep moving and it allows you to be in a positive space. Anytime we're sitting around with our girlfriends talking about how, you know, how much pee there is in the dating pool and how men, then we're going to continue to attract that. So I think we have to change our mindset and then realize that if we want a quality man, we have to show up in our femininity. And yes, it's great that we are, you know, career women and ambitious and driven, but we don't necessarily need to lead with that on dates. You know what I like when you say make a conscious decision to prioritize dating. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. when we are busy, when we're trying to, um, if you have kids or, you know, you have a a, a steady job, it's hard to say, I'm going to make time for myself to date. I I like that. Talk about prioritizing dating. Well, I'll be honest with you all. This, I mean, this book came from my, me constantly getting it wrong and then having, a, having an opportunity to go sit with Yala and then going back to therapy. And I realized I, I was a celebrity publicist, so I was showing up on dates not really present, stressed out over clients with two cell phones on the table. If someone would call me, I would excuse myself. And I never realized how unattractive that could be for a man. My mind was always on work. Work was my priority. Dating was definitely not a priority because I felt like, well, at the end of the day, this is how I earn my living. This is how I take care of my children. And this can come or go. And as a result, most of the guys I dated definitely came and went, (laughs) you know, but I didn't realize that it was because I wasn't prioritizing it and they would show up and see that that wasn't important to me and I wouldn't be important to them. And so after going through, you know, some therapy and just realizing that I needed to really be present, number one, not just for a, a date, because I don't believe that a man is the prize and he completes us at all. But I do believe that it's important to have balance. And a lot of us that are career women, we don't have a balance. We're going mm-hmm. to sleep with our laptops. We're going out on our, our phones are constantly attached to us. And it's hard for someone to want to connect with you and to be able to make a real connection when you're obsessed and your mind is not present, it's on the work and all the responsibilities and what you're trying to achieve. So I think it's really about getting to a better place where we're more balanced as women, because before I got into my relationship, I had to stop and find what does Crystal like? Crystal has to disconnect for herself. And then that in turn is going to make her more attractive, feel more soft and be able to be open for the right man. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Crystal Jordan, her book is called Dear Alpha Female, Angelique Perrin. It's not him, (laughs) it's you. Um, (laughs) So you found your man, but I want to talk about the Yanla experience first. How did that fix your life and change things for you? It was a huge change. I'll be honest with you, ladies. I went to the the show with a, a friend of mine 
And I, we thought we were going to the show to talk about why the dating pool was skewed in Atlanta. I mean, we were, <laughs> I'm sure everyone's heard the, the, the rumors and the stereotypes. There's mm-hmm. 28 to 40 men per, per, you know, women per man. And I'd even been told that on dates. And so I had decided Damn. I was done with dating. You didn't go was, out with I him again, done. did you? Of course not. No, I left him there and told him to go find the rest of the. He told me, you're, no, you're one out of 18. I said, well, avail yourself to the other 17. I'm good. But so, so I, I was thinking that it's them. It's definitely them. And so I went to the show thinking that. And when I tell you all, Miss Yala gathered me. She, she gathered me immediately. And basically, she was able to show me that a lot of my need to control situations and to not Someone would mess up one time and I was out of the door. But the reality is I'm going to mess up more than once and I need someone to give me grace, right? And Mm -hmm. so if I truly want love, I have to be open and willing to do this, to give what I want to receive. So I literally, it it was an opportunity for me to see that a lot of what I had experienced as a child growing up with a single mother, not really feeling safe, not having a relationship with my father, I had learned that I needed to achieve in order to earn love. So I was like the straight A student, constantly the overachiever because I wanted to make my mother proud. That was how I wanted to, to, I wanted her to love me and I wanted her to see that I was making her life easier. So it was, I mean, some of that was great because I, you know, went to college and achieved a lot of things, but I had learned an unhealthy pattern of trying to earn love. So when I would meet a guy, Mm -hmm. I thought that me showing up, you know, as a single mom that was taking care of her kids, had her own place doing, you know, achieving things in my career was a plus. And I never really was just, first of all, I wasn't loving myself unconditionally. That's the biggest issue. And so, of course, it was hard for me to meet someone else that would see me that way if I didn't see myself that way. So, again, it all comes back to ourselves and how we're treating ourselves. And a lot of us Black women, we feel like we have to achieve. You know, that's, that's what we do. Our mothers teach us, they're hard on us, and we become great achievers. But a lot of us don't realize that sis, even if you don't get that promotion, you're still just as worthy. Even if you don't lose those 10 pounds, it don't matter. You're beautiful as you are. We don't accept ourselves that way. So we make it impossible for someone else to. This is the reason why you have to get her book, Crystal Jordan, Dear Alpha Female. It's not him, it's you. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Crystal, and arguing with Angelique. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. Thank you. (laughs) I ain't done, Crystal. We need to talk about this. I need to talk about these insecure men. We don't turn down her alpha. (laughs) <laughs> you'll find her so much thanks crystal bye bye you. you know they got fragile ego <laughs> we're at cafe mocha radio announcing the mocha podcast network an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians sherry shepherd and kim whitley we're funny and we have a yes. point of view we call that edumatainment that's what we call it edumatainment. is that what it is veteran tv journalist rolanda watts 
shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Lonnie Love along with Yo-Yo. Touch is a nonprofit organization focusing on eradicating black breast cancer. On the line is our champion for breast cancer awareness, Ricky Fairley. And she is joined by Haley Brown. They are both with Touch. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. So, Ricky, can you explain what the organization Touch does? Yes, we are on a mission to eradicate black breast cancer. You know, black women die of breast cancer at a 41% higher rate than white women. We also have a 39% higher recurrence rate of breast cancer than white women. And one of the most devastating facts is that black women under 35 get breast cancer at twice the rate of white women and die at three times the rate. We get triple negative breast cancer, the worst one, which is the one I had, at three times the rate. And we want to get rid of breast cancer. We want to get rid of black breast cancer. Black women should not be dying in the numbers that we're dying. And so we're on a mission to advance the science to get better drugs to save black lives. I love that. And Haley, what is your affiliation with Touch? So Ricky is actually my mom. And so I pretty much have been working for her on the side for so long. And now I just um, get to officially do this work. I'm the director of programs and partnerships. So my role is really all about bringing, my mom always says, we meet Black women where they live, work, play, pray, and play. So it is my job to bring our programming to all of those communities. So what does this program consist of? So we have two um, really amazing programs happening right now. I will let my mom talk about the first one, When We Trial. So our our first program, When We Trial, if you go to whenwetrial.org, We're on a mission to educate Black women about the importance of clinical trial research, because if we don't participate in the research, we're not going to get the drugs that save our lives. We know for a fact that the drugs that we have as standard of care for breast cancer are not working on Black women because we're dying. And so we're working with pharma companies and really helping Black women understand what it's all about, what the science is all about, that no, you're not going to get a sugar pill and die. Yes, that Advil you took last week was in a clinical trial. 
And we know there's a lot of fear and mistrust about it, but it's really fear of the unknown and trying to explain clinical trials to black women with the voice of black women from, for, and with us. And so we have a lot of video content on our website that just shows a black woman talking about the science that we all need to participate in to get the drugs that we need to stay alive. Right, because no one wants to be the test. No, no, especially black women. Black women have a history, the history of having us try something and it we're being the test to dummies, as they say. No one really wants to try that. So how are you getting black women to participate in these in these trials? Um, we are talking to them from the voice of a breastie. So, you know, we don't trust doctors, we don't trust researchers, but who do we trust? We trust other breasties. So we have black women who have who've had an experience with breast cancer, explain the science in very simple terms. On their turf, we're going, as Haley said, to where black women live, work, play, pray, and play in, their, in our communities. And we're talking to them one-on-one about, you know, there is no sugar pill in, in cancer research, that you aren't going to be a guinea pig. And frankly, if you're a black woman under 40 years old and you get breast cancer, especially triple negative breast cancer, your best alternative is a clinical trial. You're going to get a better standard of care and you're going to get more doctors scrutinizing you and looking at your care and taking care of you. And it's really the best science you can get for our disease. And we're doing it from the voice of a breastfeed. I'm the voice of trust. You know, other breasties are voices of trust. We also know that 80% of abnormalities are actually found um, by self-breast exams. And we know that the best thing that we really have at this point, besides trying to get better medicine, is early detection. So we also just launched a new campaign called For the Love of My Girls. You can visit forloveofmygirls.org and follow us on Instagram at loveofmygirls to learn more about black breast health. Since we know that black breast cancer is different, we also now know that black breast health is different. Our preventative steps are different. So we want young, the young black woman to understand black breast health, to be checking their girls and know how and when to do so, and also be unlocking their her stories, which is their shared family history. If we know more about our um, our bodies and our families, then we can walk into conversations with doctors feeling empowered and more equipped. And so those are two giant campaigns that we are bringing all around the, all around the country right now. So Haley, what age should we start getting the mammograms? Because they usually say 40 and up, but should that change? Well, yeah. So that's actually, we are right now, um, people that do policy work are really trying to get that age change because 40 is honestly too late for the black woman. And and 40 is honestly when it's just recommended. They, they really start at 45 for some women. And like my mother said before, black women are 35 are dying at three times the rate. And so we want to honor that statistic by making sure the young women have the tools to do those self-checks on their own because the mammogram guidelines don't match our urgent needs. And also, just as, you know, to, and the plug for young women, that a lot of us have dense breasts. And that means that a mammogram actually isn't even the right kind of screening. We need ultrasounds, MRIs, 3D mammograms, a deeper level of screening so we can actually make sure that um, we don't have anything. And dense breasts can last longer. And it's very important, again, to talk to your family because that might be something that you learn in those family conversations that we're really trying to get young women to have. Ricky, what do you say to women that have a fear of you know, they feel like it's a lot of radiation doing all this stuff. Trust me, having cancer is worse. Okay. okay. And then the radiation, the radiation is so minimal. There's really no harm in it. 
and it can't, it can't hurt you. Cancer can hurt you a lot more. But 40 is too late for black women to have mammograms. We need to make breast health something you think about, like a self-care, right? Check your breast when you, when you do your nails. Check your breast when you change your hair color. Check your breast when you get your hair done. Like, make it part of your routine because doctors aren't, aren't you know, are dismissing us. A lot of young black women will go to the doctor, present with a, a lump or something, and, and they'll say, come back in six months. You're going to be fine. And six months later, they're either metastatic or dead. So we have to make it, you know, black women, we have to do everything for ourselves, right? We take care of everybody. So check your breasts, know your body, look in the mirror, feel them, touch them, be, so that when some abnormality comes, you'll at least know about it. But the radiation cannot hurt you, and that is the least of your problems. Cancer is a lot worse. Now, you said you had cancer. I am good. I had stage 3A, triple negative breast cancer, the worst one. It has the highest mortality rate, affects black women at three times the rate. I did a lot of chemo and radiation, and then very, very typical of triple negative, it came back a year later, almost to the day of my diagnosis. My doctor said, I have nothing for you. You have two years to live. Get your affairs in order. And I said, well, I can't really die right now. I have a daughter, Haley, who was at Dartmouth at the time in college. I got to pay tuition. So me, you, and God and some drugs or something, we got to work this out. And I went to Dr. Google, and I found um, the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation and found another doctor. who There were probably about one of five of the doctors at the time that were actually researching triple negative breast cancer. And she put me on some experimental drugs. So it was like a clinical trial. I did experimental drugs. And I didn't die, and I'm here 11 years later. So I have a God job. God blessed me here to do this work. It's my purpose. I love it. I love it. Haley, again, uh, for our listeners, how do we get in touch with Touch? Love that. So please go visit the Touch website, touchbbca.org. There you can also find our Young Women's page, loveofmygirls.org. If you are interested in information about clinical trials, we have a microsite called whenwetrial.org. You can also follow us at touchbbca and um, at loveofmygirls on Instagram. So please come and check out our materials. I really think that there's something for everybody in this. One in eight women breast cancer. And so we know that this touches so many people. And so there really is something for everybody here. And so we invite everyone to come engage with our material, click on the downloads, watch the videos, take the surveys, and really figure out um, how to take care of your black breast health. I am definitely going to introduce my sister-in-law. She just had her breast removed and uh, I'm definitely going to introduce her and my nieces to your website. And thank you so much for joining Cafe Mocha. Continue good health, Ricky and Haley. Thank you for all your work with your mom. We really appreciate you ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. And if anyone wants to talk about it, email me at Ricky at touchbbca.org and I'll talk to you. I'll help you. We'll, We'll coach you through it. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Take care, ladies. Perfect. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care, you guys. Bye-bye. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. I'm Angelique. The officers who were caught on tape viciously beating Tyree Henry to death were in court to enter their pleas. At this time, we the formal reason that they've not been offered the court a plea of not guilty. Five not guilties. And it's been a year since Russia started attacking Ukraine. We've been sending money, weapons, taking in their refugees. VP Harris said this. Russia has committed crimes against humanity. 
to all those who have perpetrated these crimes, you will be held to account. This weekend in the movies, a bear got a hold of some cocaine and somebody decided to make a movie about it starring Ice Cube's son, O'Shea. I mean, listen to the story. How could you not see a film that is based off a, a bear eating 88 pounds of cocaine and murdering folks? Cocaine Bear in theaters now. That's the espresso. Follow us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. I'm Angelique, along with Alani Love and Yo-Yo. We're on with Curtis Simons of HBCU Go TV. It's so important to have uh, a channel like HBCUGo.tv because even like a person like me, it was word of mouth. It was a mentor right. that got me right. to, to, you know, and told me about. I didn't know what a historically black college was. I was from Detroit. Exactly. I went to one of those schools, universities up in Michigan, which was all mm-hmm. white. It was right. huge. And I got lost in the system. And, yep, exactly. you know, exactly. It, it's like what people need to understand with HBCUs, they're a smaller class size. They're more, uh, it's catered to your, your culture. And um, it really, I mean, the the experience is nothing like I've ever had. It's and and your college experience should be that. That's a very uh, vulnerable time because you're graduating from and and it, and it sets your foundation. And people want to talk about the the education. No, you have the degrees and the uh, pedigrees and the the professors. They're all accredited. It's not, you know, people need to understand that. It's not less than. These are accredited professors. There's there's not anything that's less than. They, you know, and and we've had plenty of people from Spike Lee and plenty mm-hmm. of people that have graduated from HBCUs, and that's why no we question. continue to talk about. It's over a hundred HBCUs, and it's more than just Howard. Everybody wants to talk exactly. about Howard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you, you, hit it, you hit it right there. there there's a hundred and five out there now, and and that's the real confusion that people are talking about. You know, the top ten, but there's a hundred and five out there. You know, right. uh, that have great educational models. <laughs> and the problem is, until you step on that property and experience, because I tell, I tell parents today, take your son or daughter to an old plumber, and I guarantee you they'll sign the deal right after that. They'll sign the deal. <laughs> because they'll, because they, they have never enjoyed the flavor of a homecoming. You can't go to a PWI and get the same homecoming no. you get at an HBCU. No. Not even close. Not no. even close. I was in the band. We didn't have no music. Oh, you you were right there. You were right we was there. High stepping. You we right there. Just, we weren't walking. We were. We, <laughs> you high step. You do. I mean, homecoming, great. <laughs> right. There, there's nothing like it. HBCUs are really now. Unfortunately, it took George Floyd to have what we in that situation to really heightened the awareness of doing more in the black community. But we're right now at the, at the real peak. That people understanding, like, look, we got to do more for HBCUs. So, Allen Media Group and HBCU Go have partnered up now to be that anchor and to be that plug that is now going to drive more people to HBCUs, and that and that's our goal. Well, you know, if you need anything from Prairie View, I am a proud Presidential uh, Medal honoree, uh, so I'm good with the president, and with and that's my campus. That is my home. And we got somebody from Howard 
Yeah, you know, yeah, you got a bicep on there for sure. No yeah, you know, always around, just plenty. <laughs> but it's just long as you, you know, long as you ladies can talk for me and keep keep that word out there that there's a channel out there that everybody can check out. I would love you for it. There's no question. We definitely will, definitely will. Thank you so much for spending time with us and um, no HBCUGo.tv. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate it. If you're a fan of BMF, coming soon to Cafe Mocha. He plays the dad, Russell Hornsby. If you miss any part of this show or any of our shows, catch the full interview by subscribing to the podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cafe Mocha Radio. Until next weekend, you know where to find us. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.